We was always looking for food, you know? It always came down to food. And I was, I was checking out a cellar. And I didn't want Dwayne to come down there with me. And then when I came up, she was standing there right in front of him. And he had his gun up. And he couldn't do it. So I called to him. And he turned. And then she was just, just on him. And I see red. I see red. Everything is red. Everything I see is red. And I do it. Finally. Finally, it was too late. Hey Zedheads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. And this is The Walking Dead Cast, episode 96. And today's show is actually brought to you by Audible. So please go to audiblepodcast.com slash deadcast for your free audiobook download. Did you ever think you'd hear me say that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, actually I did. Yeah, I did too at some point. Uh, so first I just wanted to acknowledge the Lori Holden interview. I really enjoyed it, I have to say, and I think it was one of our best ever. I, w- I couldn't agree more. Yeah. In fact, I uh, have a note here that said, loved how forthcoming and open she was. I know. And it sounds like she's getting a lot of flack yeah, from yeah, yeah. the internet, but she was so sweet and just great. And it really didn't even sound like you were interviewing her. It really sounded more like you were just having a conversation with her. Awesome. And I, I love like that. that. That's my favorite. Yeah. I, I like to fake people into thinking we're really friends. <laughs> she have a beer with you, I think. <laughs> she, um, she didn't remember coming on before. It was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I should have reminded her that um, I, I made her give a zombie sound because that might have that she might have remembered that but yeah she's rare i like her you know i like talking to her i know really cool i liked her too she came off as very genuine and Uh sweet and funny and self-effacing i mean all those good things so if you haven't heard that you guys and you have thoughts about andrea uh uh, i encourage you to listen to it she talked about exactly why andrea didn't kill the governor last week she talked a lot about andrea's characteristics you know and things she loves about andrea but also acknowledging some flaws and things she doesn't agree with about Andrea, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And also just some stuff about how the fans' responses uh, to Andrea have affected her, like Karen was just saying. So I thought it was really good. Um, we finally have a zombie sound contest winner. We, we do. just uh, judged the, all the zombie sounds <laughs> and came up with our favorite one. It wasn't easy. We had a, actually, um, we had a lot of really good yeah. entries. We had a thousand entries. <laughs> so <laughs> or we've been 20. here for a couple of days. 20,000 entries. <laughs> and uh, the winner is <laughs> Mr. John Sanford. Woo! I don't even know if he knows he entered, but you won. <laughs> Maybe you just recorded. <laughs> yeah, because uh, some people a, during, during that class. period, yeah, <laughs> accidentally send it in. Well, some people who sent zombie sounds in during that 
the period of the contest. They go, here's my sound. And so I assume they were entering. Yes. I don't, I, I, I don't remember if he was one of those, but. They may or may not, so, but you're going to get a poster anyway. <laughs> so just so you guys know, um, you know, we said the sound needed to be, what did we say? Gruesome creepy. and creepy. Mm-hmm. So uh, just so you can hear the winner, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was a runner up. Oh, wait, that was the wrong button. Okay, here's John Sanford's. <laughs> That's your zo- I <laughs> yoga class. I swear to God, there's a there, really? I, in my my Bikram yoga class wow. at the very beginning. You you lace up your fingers, you stick it under your chin, you put your head back, and then you inhale, <laughs> exhale, and so many people make that very sound. <laughs> no uh, wonder I love that class. John, are you in a yoga class? <laughs> okay, let's move it. Let's move along. <laughs> Attention shoppers, Deadcast top five in five, four, three. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5. This week it's our Top 5 Highlights for Season 3, Episode 12, I believe. Clear. Yep. Stinker. He's uh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know? Because it was so awesome? Because it was so awesome. There's yes, no way you could call it, it a obviously awesome. Stinker. I mean, I knew just a couple minutes in. I was watching with my mom and she never watches the show, but I happened to be, uh, you know, over at her place. And so I got her to watch it with me. And I like three minutes. And I'm like, this is a good one, mom. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know this mom, yeah, but this is, this really, is really good. good yeah. How many brains would you give it? Or uh, yaks? 4.8. I, I still, I don't know. When I, when I rated it, I was like, I liked it, but just below the premiere of the season, because I was blown away by the season three premiere. But as I started analyzing it more, I'm like, hmm, maybe I liked it more or about the same. So I don't know. It's up there. Yep. For me, it's even higher. 4.967 out of five brains. It's your favorite. It might be my very, very favorite out of all of them. Out of all. Well, Mm -hmm. a lot of people online have been saying that. Did you know that? No. That it's their their favorite. A lot said it was their favorite this season, and a a good number said it's one of their favorites of all time, if not their favorite. You know, Mm -hmm. actually, it's funny you should say that because along with the series pilot, this is my favorite episode and mm-hmm. and both of them they had, had elements from the pilot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they both had uh things in common which mm-hmm. is uh morgan, morgan. yeah and Some they were the music and they were yeah they were both kind of bookend episodes mm-hmm. and it really oh well we'll talk about it, it more it was yeah it, it also felt like they really took their time with things like they did in the pilot and there were segments with no um dialogue yep. that worked really well so yeah i thought that too <clears throat> and Morgan, of course. Yep. And I also like that it was written by Scott Gimple, which I think mm. bodes well for the show's future. Yeah, he's our future showrunner. Yeah. I, so. I wrote to Scott Gimple. I said, because I've been trying to get him to come on for an interview, but he's gotten really busy of late for some reason. 
but he's super nice. And anyway, I just wrote to him and I said, Hey, a lot of our listeners are, our listeners love the show, love this episode. Some of them are saying it's their favorite of all time and that's it. And he wrote back and he's all, Oh, thanks man. And he's all, did I ever get back to you on, on that last email you sent? And I said, no, but we'd love to have you on for an interview. And then he didn't answer me back again. <laughs> He's like, just want to know if I got back to you or not. Oh, good. I but uh, hopefully great. we'll have him on. But uh, you know what? He's busy. So we'll, we'll see. Whatever. Well, he hit it out of the ballpark yes, for me. I'm just glad he's um, doing so well. And, mm-hmm. and he's he's written some really good episodes. Yeah. So. Uh Let's see. Um, I also wanted to say before we get into our top five that I think this is a perfect example of what we were talking about last week, how not every episode needs to be focused on advancing the plot forward. Right. This was sort of an aside. Yep. And and as such, it got to really just let it it breathe and focused on its own little story and did it really well. And it works. And and that can be, yeah, some of the better episodes like that. In fact, I don't even, I'm not even convinced that they really needed to get more guns. I mean, it seems like they have a shitload of guns already. Maybe they're running out of ammo. I don't know. And, and then they're sitting there getting a firefight and it's like, you're wasting you're ammo. ammo. <laughs> Didn't you come here for ammo? Stop it, But people. they ended up getting a lot of stuff, so I guess it was worth it. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's go ahead and get started. All right, let's do it. Okay, uh, uh, I'll go first. No, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My top five is actually in no particular order because I loved it all. So I'm mm-hmm. just going to tell you five things that I really loved. And my number one here is uh, seeing Morgan again. Mm-hmm. And Lenny James is the name of the actor. And they interviewed him on The Walking Dead. Sorry. Talking ta- Dead. The Talking Dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, he, I guess he's on Jericho, which is sort of interesting. He has, That's an old show. It's it's over. Or he was, he on, was on Jericho. It, yeah. Um, he has an adorable British accent in real life. Oh, yeah. God, they all do. They all do. There's a lot of really good British actors on this show. Mm-hmm. I I loved the giant, awesome mouse trap that he that he built outside mm-hmm. uh, his the little place that he was at. I love it, mouse trap zombie style. And I love that he's sort of a cautionary tale uh, about not being able to really survive on your own. Um, I love his rant. His speeches made me cry. He's surviving. He's surviving. It's true. Mm-hmm. In a certain sense, we might see him again. You never know. But what do you, so what do you mean by that? That he's just not to, doing very well, right? No. <laughs> My, uh, no. Mentally. Mentally, he yeah. ain't doing very well. It took him a real long time before he recognized mm-hmm. Rick and, you know, saying, you're wearing a dead man's face. But it made sense. That he would be like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought, oh, he did great. But it made me think, um, this is what happens when you are isolated and you don't, you're not around people a lot. Like and I work you, at home and I feel like that's And you shoot your wife and child. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that adds to it a bit, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it, it, it is all, this episode is about togetherness versus alone and yep. inclusiveness versus exclusive and stuff like that well said that is exactly it and it it's heartbreaking when rick sees the walkie-talkie and realizes that yeah he actually morgan tried he really tried rick tried too um but they just couldn't communicate for whatever reason they were yeah, on they're different too times. far apart you know, Rick wears a watch. He could have just said, okay, you wear a watch, yeah. I wear a watch, we'll, we'll talk at 6 o'clock every day. I think it was different times. Because Rick said, uh, I, they put, you know, I kept getting pushed farther out. So yeah. he was implying out that of it was range, distance. maybe. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, it's really sad. His speech at the end about good people die and then people like me, we inherit the earth. Oh, man. Just Weak, yeah. so, so He was good. Hard. He was very emotional. And in other shows, I might think it was over the top. But given the circumstances, I thought it worked. I hope we see him again. Do you think we'll see him again? Yeah, I think so. I don't want to see him as a zombie, though. I, mean, and I don't I like, want to see him as a roadkill. It, it was good. I thought that he didn't just, and some of our listeners agree, that he didn't just end up with a group at the end and it was all fine or whatever. Right. That they just left him there. Mm-hmm. But I think that leaves the door open for him to come back. Yes. Right. <clears throat> okay, good. My number five is just the term clear. Um, the episode is called Clear. There were uh, instances of the word clear written all over inside his place. He taught, he used the word a lot. He said, uh, you're not clear. Or he said to Rick, you don't clear, you just turn, you die. And I'm not clear on what clear means. (laughs) It's a little unclear. And I think that it's intentionally left unclear. I Mm -hmm. think Scott Gimple had maybe had some ideas, but didn't want any conclusive, you know, conclusions. Sure. <laughs> um, I th- it feels to me like it has to do with him obsessively clearing the zombies off of the spikes and burning them. Right. And the fact that he didn't kill his wife when he had, had the, the chance. chance. And mm-hmm. so that caused his son to die, which was just a, a brutal but great plot development. Right. And so I get the feeling that he feels like he needs to burn all these zombies to help clear his conscience. And atone for his whatever yeah. mistakes. Mm-hmm. So that seems like clearing the world of zombies. Um, but yeah. I like when it's when they do things in storytelling that isn't so on the nose that, right. uh, that or it's not so clear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you have to kind of think about it a little bit. Yep. Yep, I agree completely. Because I went online, and I look because sometimes I go to um, Onion AV Club because mm-hmm. they write really good TV reviews. Have you yeah. been there? Yeah, yeah, and they're very insightful. And I only do that after I've already gotten my own points out, so I don't just copy it. But I went there afterwards, and they didn't seem to know what it meant either. <laughs> or they, at least they didn't <laughs> That's say. That's good. That's yeah. good. I don't like the obvious thing. I like it when it's left to our own interpretation. Mm-hmm. It speaks well of the writing. And we'll start saying random words in the podcast. And just, just let people mysterious. interpret it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Uh, I loved Michonne in this episode. I thought uh, Denai Greer was amazing and so Best gla- Michonne. Oh. Uh, except for like not a lot of kick-ass stuff, but as far as character. Yeah. Although she there had, was kick-ass she stuff, had yes. her superhero moment when yeah that, what am I saying yeah there were pl- there was plenty of that yeah 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 she really it was so sweet her whole the whole thing with Carl um, I just loved it mm-hmm. and I love that at the end he says I think she's one of us and she was very kind to Rick at the end mm-hmm. um, telling they joked him, around and yeah stuff. I used to talk to my dead boyfriend so and I'm I like that they included that because um, in the comic. Just a little piece from the comic here. She actually talked to her dead boyfriend before Rick ever talked to Lori. So it was her that was kind of crazy at first. And since we didn't know her that well, it was easy to judge. Oh, crazy woman, get her out of here. And then when Rick started doing it, we're like, oh, now the guy, the main guy that we've come to know over all these issues is doing it too. You know? <laughs> so you start thinking about it differently. Anyways, I was glad they put that in the show. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I love one moment in particular when um, – when Carl, she follows Carl downstairs, and he's on his his uh, uh, little run to the nursery or uh, the um, baby center, but actually he's going to the bar to get the photo. He says to Michonne when they're in the that mouse trap, he says, um, "Do you want to take care of that?" Pointing to a zombie, mm. and she 
because she has a sword and she just kind of lets out a little sigh. She's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, she's like, you know, it's just like a little bit of housekeeping Mm -hmm. and just that tiny little moment I thought was really brilliant. Also, there were a lot of little moments. She did. She had some great ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, When Rick tells her, um, we're eating his food now. And she said, Matt said, welcome. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) She says, stuffing her face with what looked to be potato chips, which is something Mm -hmm. I would probably do. So, yeah, I just loved her in this episode. Cool. So my number four is just the use of having words scrawled everywhere. Yeah. Not just in Morgan's little lair, but around town and stuff. Um, The first one we saw, it said, Aaron, we tried for Stone Mountain, Jay. Um, And then one said, away with you. Then one said, no guilt. You know that. One said, just listen. I think a lot of these were written by Morgan, but not mm-hmm. that Aaron we tried for Stone Mountain. Right. And one said something illegible, asshole. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I liked it for a couple different reasons. That it it it, it was interesting because it was evidence of people being there, but since no one was there, it had gave it this really lonely feeling. Yeah. Like a ghost town. Right. Hey, did you notice we saw Aaron, the zombie Aaron? No. When uh, they were stuck. Uh, when they came up on the right past the hitchhiker, they came up on the the whole big car crash, and they had to sort of go around. And then Michonne got stuck in the mud as they were going on their run. Mm-hmm. One of the zombies that came up and attacked the car, the Hyundai, the magically clean Hyundai, had a little bracelet on that had little words on it, and her um, her bracelet said Aaron. Oh wow! Yeah. That was probably her. Huh? I think so. Hmm. I think so. I'm going to choose to believe that yeah, that was Aaron. I would think so. Or else why would they put that in there? She's mad now. Um, Dang it. I wanted to go to Stone Mountain. <laughs> Man. Uh, and I, I think the use of all these words make the world feel more real because it just feels like stuff was happening there outside of our little group which is always good. Yeah. Um, and then the words inside Morgan's place, it was it seemed like a lot of tactical things with a few interesting like things like the one that said Dwayne just turned was like yeah. the most like, Oh crap. Um, one said not shitting you, which I guess he was trying to warn people. You better stay out of here, not shitting you. And then I think it said told you by the ax. Right. And then of course it said clear everywhere. So that was interesting. It was, it was um a little bit like, okay, this is, they're clearly trying to show that he's crazy. Um, but I, I thought it worked. I yep. liked it. Yep. I agree. I like the whole segment in the uh, King County Cafe. Mm-hmm. I like the. I liked everything about it. I thought it was suspenseful and well-directed yeah, and surprising. Scary. And just, yeah, just awesome. Well I, done. All the zombie moments were well done. Yeah. Sometimes they don't quite work in this show. Usually they do. But I thought all of them in this episode worked there really was, well. There was one freaky little jump edit. Did you notice this when Carl and Michonne were outside the cafe? And it was after they had sort of run outside. And he was like, I've got to go back in there. I've got to get the picture. And he wanted to go back inside. Yeah. There was a... Or maybe it was the first time, the first time when he had, before they went in, there was a funny little jump edit and all of a sudden they were away from the cafe. Um, but otherwise- and it looked like it was unintentional. Yeah, I, I it was a, it was a weird that. little moment. All hmm. of a sudden they were about 20 feet away from the cafe. Do you want to lower your score? No, okay. <laughs> no I may raise it just because uh, life has funny little jump edits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that he went in for um, the picture of his family in happier times. There's the Grimes family in happier times. Mm-hmm. And I love the zombie bartender. I love that Michonne went in for the colorful kitty. 
Why was their picture in there? Because uh, they had. They all used to go. Because Rick. It was a cafe. Rick's had successfully eaten a 10 pound burger. (laughs) They didn't really make it clear, did they? I mean, they said that he was the lone sheriff sheriff in this small town. Mm And that him and a few other guys were the only police there. He was a lo- that big a town. He was the um, the closest that they could get to a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I bought it, but it it was interesting because it's sort of like, what was it doing there? And Carl Newt was there. It was a yeah. cafe. Yeah, sweet though. I like yeah. the whole thing. It was it was interesting. They didn't just have him go back to their house. Oh, I I thought. Um, that was burned down. Remember, he saw that uh, oh, Brian's okay. house burned down. Oh, okay. Oh, right, right. Okay, but um, he said to Michonne, "You know, this is the last one left about the picture." And I'm like, "You should go to the storage facility in Atlanta." Not <laughs> <I thought> that <laughs> too. There's a whole wedding. There's are. a whole wedding album there. <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. And too. he said. Uh, he told Michonne, you know, she's all, you passed the baby store. And he goes, well, there's one more thing I want to get for Judith. And so I wonder if he was sincere about that. Like, does he want Judith to see his mom, her mom, you know, was that one of the big reasons why he wanted to get that picture? Yeah. That makes it a little more, cause it's sort of, I liked it too and I bought it, but it was like, you're risking your life for a photo and you just let some hitchhiker die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Priorities, man. Um, Zombies don't scare them that much anymore. No, they don't. Which is awesome. Um, okay, my turn. Mm-hmm. All right, my number three is just in general. There were I thought I, the direction was done really well, except for that weird jump cut. Um, the scenes just worked. Like the scene with the car getting stuck and the zombies attacking. You know, it's like they had to slow down, and then all of a sudden the zombies appeared, and it really worked. I, I was like, oh my god. They're stuck in the car. They're dead. They're screwed. They're dead. And then Rick pulls his gun out and shoots one. And then they cut and they don't even bother showing them kill the rest. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forget who we're dealing with here. They know how to handle themselves. <laughs> they do. They really do. And it was just so well done. You know, unexpected. You expect to see him shoot all of them. But it's like, no, nah, just show the aftermath. Yeah. <laughs> I love dead. that. Um, I liked Carl leaning against the cafe pouting while Michonne takes off for 20 seconds to get the picture. <laughs> that was just brilliantly staged and, and artfully directed. I forgot who directed this one, but good job. Um, and then Carl and Michonne, just the whole, like you said, the whole coffee shop scene was well staged mm-hmm. and the fighting and the scares and the great zombie action. Um, so I, yeah, that, that, and I just liked how some scenes they'd pull back and show the town and just kind of show them walking around for a little while with that great music and just the pacing worked really well. So good good direction. I love Carl in this. Uh, Yeah, he was really good. He was terrific. Yeah. I liked when he, uh, shoots and drops Morgan and, uh, Rick is mad that, you know, it's like, well, look, I took care of business, dad. Sorry. Took care of business. And, you know, I like also that later he apologizes to Morgan. Yeah. You know, I had to do that, right? That's what he says to Morgan. Yeah. You know, I had to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and Morgan says, don't ever be sorry. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is, you know, ironic coming from a guy who has nothing but regrets. Yeah. He's just super sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And (laughs) one time um, my friend Tim uh, accidentally um, ruined his mother's t-shirt because he put it in the, in the wash with some Uh other clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were joking that he should get it another shirt for her that says um sorry mom on it but then it would look like sorry mom <laughs> i don't know i'll probably cut that part out <laughs> it's probably for the best yeah 
It's so. nice to see that Carl still has heart too. He was really sweet about wanting to get the photo for Judith and uh, also that he even said sorry to Morgan. Mm-hmm. He's he's uh, He was the one person who kind of looked back hesitantly at the hitchhiker. He, like, yep. Are you sure you want to do that? Right. Right. When he was begging for his life. Mm-hmm. Please stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my number two is the whole hitchhiker thing. I... It really affected me. I thought it was well done. I, I, I thought them passing him by, you know, was just so emotional for me because I hate that, but I'm glad it was in there. Yeah. And at the end, they find his mutilated body and they take his supplies. <laughs> um, yeah. To me, it's like just despicable. And 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 I think, you know, of course, if I was in the zombie apocalypse and I'd been through what they were through. I might think differently and I might just yep. want to, but the whole episode is about trust and who do you know and who do you not know? Right. And in Morgan, he is ready to kill anybody. Um, but when he figures out that he knows Rick, then he's uh, not ready to kill him. So it's sort of, it always brings up the question to me, like if, if it matters whether you know, or even like a, a, a metaphor is Michonne, people were ready to kill her off. Uh, listeners like have her, but then this episode since she showed a little bit more of herself they're like oh we like her now let's keep her on and i'm like yeah you should get to know people and 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 like with randall they should have tried to get to know him you know and then see at least try to get to know a person like this hitchhiker you know maybe he could have been good or tyrese and i think letting tyrese go and letting the hitchhiker go is just one degree less morally reprehensible than the governor shooting all those soldiers because you're still causing their death it's just more passive you know yeah (laughs) i mean not tyrese but the hitchhiker he's dead Uh, you know uh rick from a year ago would have helped him yes oh yeah and rick from a year ago needed that help from herschel and if herschel had been like rick is now then rick would be dead right so um I'm complaining, but I'm really not because I, uh, uh, with Randall, I, I, it felt like, oh, real people who are in this like kind of secure farm environment, I don't think they'd act this way. Um, it just didn't seem right to me that people would act that way. But now that what they've been through and how harried they are and how many people they've lost and everything, I could believe it. So I, I'm not saying the writing is wrong. I'm just saying it makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I believe it, so I'm, yeah. I'm glad it's in there. Right. Mm. I, it, it's absolutely believable, and it's unbelievably sad. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder, like, now, like, Rick, I, I, I uh, is, this is kind of going into my next point, but it seems like Rick saw how far Morgan had gone, and he when he was telling morgan um you know you can come back from this this isn't this isn't the this can't be the end this can't be the end he was Mm -hmm. talking to himself a bit yeah and so i think this is going to be a turning point for rick and he's gonna get more sane and also start caring about people more maybe that aren't in his group i don't know we'll see Actually, I thought that that's what was going to happen at the end. I thought that because of everything that had happened to him, that they'd pick up the hitchhiker. Maybe they would have. Maybe they would have. Yes. I think that's probably what the writers thought we would think. Oh, now they're going to go pick up that hitchhiker. Well, they picked up his bag. That's nice. (laughs) That is nice. (laughs) Hey, my mama told me never to pick up hitchhikers. Stranger danger. 
<laughs> I'm so glad they found that bag though, because it's just drives home the point of how fucked up the whole situation is, which I love. It reminded me of something that would happen on Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh my god, can you imagine? I thought about wow, well, well, now they're gonna have to go back there and bring back this bag and have to yeah uh, go through it. I hope it. the bag. I hope we see the bag next week. I doubt we will, but. Never I'd know. like to see what's in there. Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll pull out. I mean, a bunch of human heads. Porn. <laughs> yeah, just loads of porn. Merle be psyched. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you finish the podcast. You're good. <laughs> that was actually my my number one was the intro and the ending uh, and uh-huh. the hitchhiker and um, he was so great. I like that. Also, they released that as the coming attractions for this particular episode. I thought it was a brilliant little coming attractions. Um, I'm glad that I oh. saw that first little segment is mm-hmm. what they released, and it was just great. So bravo, Scott Gimple, beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Yes, awesome. good job, Mr. Gimple. Um, my number one is all about trust and caring about others, which uh, looking through my notes here, I see that I pretty much covered all of that. Um I was kind of thinking about how at first I thought this was kind of a side story and it was, but you know, I'm thinking, okay, what came out of it? And the big thing that came out of it is I think Rick is going to, this is a turning point for Rick in one way or another. Also there, it looks like they've decided they want to keep Michonne around. So they got to know her a little better. They trust her. Carl Mm -hmm. vouches for her. Mm -hmm. That's a change. And they have uh, weapons and a crib. <laughs> That's <laughs> <Yeah>. collapsible crib. <laughs> what was it? A pack and play or something like that? Yep. Something like that. Cute. Okay. So other notes and um, little nitpicks and things. Did you see the TV card? Since you watched it on a television, did you see the TV card that was put up uh, in between the show and the commercials from David Alpert, I think, that said... It was a little rant about the phrase, I don't disagree with that. Did you see no, that? No, I didn't notice. I, I was watching it with my mom and Nico was around and oh, yeah. I was straining to focus. So. Right, right. <clears throat> it was a funny little card. It was the walking it was a little walking dead card. There was really no um there was no sound or anything and it just was like this guy's rant about the phrase, I don't disagree with that. It's kind of interesting. Huh. Yeah, I'll I'll get more information next that week. That seems like I, a perfectly reasonable phrase to me. I don't, I don't disagree, disagree with that. Him. And he had a problem with it because he said that you don't, you're not saying you agree. You're not saying you really disagree. Oh. It's kind of a half-assed yeah. sort of in between. But what if you feel half-assed? Then that's what you're going to say. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't disagree with that. It's phrase. like how I give um, uh, decimals when I give my um, whatever out of five brains. Yes, exactly. you can't just take a stand. No, no, I can't. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, they spent all winter driving around in circles mm-hmm. because apparently there were herds of zombies blocking them, and now they just decide to drive straight back to Rick's old neighbor- neighborhood. Seems a little sketchy to me. Where did he live? Uh, I think L.A. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long, Richard. No, it was in Georgia, um, somewhere in Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe his place is within the confine of where the zombie herds are keeping them in the greater Atlanta area <laughs> seems a little sketchy uh, in the comic by the way Rick is from Kentucky and people were complaining that he was driving all the way back to Kentucky but he's from Georgia in the show yeah 
Remember he rode his horse more or less from yeah. uh, one of the spots not too far from Atlanta. But still, I'd say it's still a valid complaint that they can just easily go wherever they seem to need to go. Yeah. I thought the car in the beginning, the red car that they slowed down and looked inside and saw the dead mm-hmm. people was the car of the people that Daryl saved. Oh. But I don't know if it was. The Spanish-speaking family? Yeah. It wasn't, was it? I'd like to think I go no. look back. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't think so. I'd like to think that they're, they're somewhere great in New York right now. I didn't see a little dead baby in there. Maybe, maybe things are much, much better up north. <laughs> yeah, maybe when you cross a certain line, they don't even know about the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> right, there's a just a giant... Aunt Petunia from <laughs> Georgia lately. <laughs> <laughs> they should up? really branch out. Uh, <laughs> by the way, did you see the... You didn't see the Talking Dead. Uh, no, I didn't watch it. Aisha Tyler was on it. Yeah, I heard she was good. She was really good. Yeah, uh, I urge people to go back and watch it because she's funny and she's actually a fan of the comic and she had great insights. I thought it was also a little sketchy that Rick knows which people in the town had guns behind the counter because he signed permits. Mm-hmm. Uh, does the sheriff do that? I guess small in a small town. town and he knows exactly where to keep it. You have right. to have a permit to keep a gun in under mm-hmm. the counter. <laughs> um I didn't get why there was so much weight behind this moment when Rick told Michonne the plan to go get those guns and there was a pause and then he said, do you have a problem with that approach? And she said, no, Rick, I don't have a problem. And she had this bullet and handed it to him. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was freaky. Yeah, I was like, what was going on there? I'm not sure what that was all about other than she just seemed reluctant and not on board with the with the group's plan. And maybe they were just sort of demonstrating that she wasn't quite on board yet and they just wanted to have the whole arc of it being that now she's one of them. But it was weird, right? Yeah, it was kind of weird. In an interview, they said when they first filmed that, they'd filmed them kissing right afterwards, like a passionate kiss. Shut up. (laughs) They took it out. Liar. Carl's like turned around in disgust. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Rats. Rats on a skateboard. Sure. Yeah, that was. I mean, I like that. I like the whole rats bungee corded to stay. Let me try that again. Rats bungee corded, corded. Did they bungee? Yeah, they bungeed them uh, on the skateboards. Oh, okay. okay. The cages to the skateboards, and I thought, well, it's delightful. (laughs) Um, That's all I have to say about it. You? That's it. I'm happy that Scott Gimple wrote yet another great episode. Yeah, good job. Thank you, Scott Gimple. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to some news about The Walking Dead. Just a few items today. Uh, AMC has confirmed that Scott Dimple, Scott Dimple, <laughs> Scott Dimple will step in as showrunner. Um, I didn't realize they hadn't confirmed it yet, yeah. but it was in the news this week that they'd confirmed it. So I wow. guess it wasn't confirmed okay. yet. Anyway, Kirkman said in a state. Quote, Scott has been an essential part of the show since he came aboard at the very beginning of season two. He's contributed to guiding the show in a substantial way that has resulted in a lot of key scenes and storylines fans have dubbed signature moments of The Walking Dead. I'm thrilled to begin work on a brand new season of The Walking Dead with Scott at the helm, and I truly believe we could be embarking on what will be the best season of this show yet. I wonder if the fact that he has written such good episodes was like a huge factor. I bet it was in choosing him. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, com interviewed Glenn Mazzara. This is uh, from a couple weeks ago, but I thought it was interesting. On the death of Axel, 
He said, to be very honest, I didn't want to kill off any of the major characters. This is when the governor came to attack Mm -hmm. the prison and Mm -hmm. shot Axel. We obviously didn't want to kill Rick. Carol was on the chopping block, but I didn't want to kill Carol because we have a story coming up with her. What? What, what? He said Carol was on the chopping block? Yeah. Wow. We looked at the possibility of killing Beth. I don't think that actor knows that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> read this. You know, I love Emily Kinney, but I feel that would have uh, had too big an impact on the group. It wouldn't. It would have just devastated poor Herschel. It would have taken him down a path I didn't want for the rest of the season. And we were already dealing with Maggie's feelings about her sexual assault by the governor, so we didn't want to complicate that with mourning for her sister. We talked about killing Carl in that episode. We really did. Unfortunately, you know, by process of elimination, we got to Axel. Now, I like Lou Temple's performance of Axel very, very much, and we were just starting to find that character and developing him in a way that we loved, and we probably could have had more stories with him, but the governor was the main character in that piece. We needed to make sure he was not ineffectual because otherwise he's not a bad guy that could possibly take out our guys, so that was really important. So they had to kill somebody? Mm-hmm. Mm. And Axel, yeah, I mean... At this point, all the characters are so well-developed that when they just need cannon fodder, I kind of said this in that episode, but when they need somebody to die just to show how dangerous something else is, mm-hmm. they're going to pick the one that's the least developed so yes. far. Yes. And otherwise, when they kill somebody, it's going to be a big show moment like with Lori that mm-hmm. affects one of the other characters in a main way. Uh, next thing, filming for season four is scheduled to start on May 6th. And it will premiere on AMC in October. Ooh, just just like always. Yeah, like always. Uh, This is the last item. It's a little spoilery. Um, Kirkman sort of giving a vague indication of stuff that might happen in future seasons. So if you hate that kind of stuff, skip ahead now. But at this whole Paley Fest thing, it's this like TV um, where they get TV people together and have um, panels and things. They had a Walking Dead panel. Kirkman said Carl is one of his favorite characters from the show and the comic. And in the coming seasons, quote, we'll watch him grow and evolve from this kid who's almost a burden to a child soldier. Where we're going to go with this kid is some pretty exciting places. This season is really just the beginning of his journey. So if he's being truthful, that's kind of a spoiler. But he's he could be lying or something could change. Well, they were <laughs> never going to kill him off. Yeah, probably not. Huh? No. But you never know. They... I mean, Mazzara just got through saying they considered it, but I don't think they really considered That's it. That's why they fired Mazzara. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's Carl or Mazzara. <laughs> exactly. All right. That's it for All the right. news. Let's talk about Audible. So I'm sure you guys have heard Audible, people talking about Audible on other podcasts. Well, now they're a sponsor of ours and we're glad. Like I haven't wanted to do sponsors unless I really like the thing and I like Audible. Yep. I listen to audiobooks, and um, if you haven't tried an audiobook but you like our podcast, you definitely should give it a try. Especially, um, the, uh, you know, there's plenty of podcasts out there, tech podcasts and things, but ours is about Walking Dead, so that means you probably like uh, novels or you know, good stories. Yep. There's tons of great creepy stories, zombie mm-hmm. stories. Stephen King, you know, if you're just into the zombie stuff, there's a lot of good stuff. We're going to talk about one of those in a second. Um, but one thing I also want to say is I, I, I noticed at one point that I stopped reading books. I I read one occasionally I'll read a book, but I'm so distracted by, uh, you know, all these 
internet and now, you know, family raising a kid oh, yeah. and all that. But I can find time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks because you can do something else while you're doing it. Right. And it's especially true for me. I have I have a subscription to the New Yorker and this I think comes every week and it's chock a block full of great stuff. So I don't have a lot of time to read books. When I do have a lot of time to do I have a at least an hour commute each way mm -hmm. to my job. And you're a runner. And I'm a runner. So mm -hmm. when I'm running, when I'm at the gym, when I'm in my car stuck in traffic, mm -hmm. because I have this hour plus sometimes commute, I listen to all kinds of things and I listen to audiobooks. And cool. yeah. So we're going to recommend an audiobook for you today. What book are we going to recommend? World War Z. <laughs> have you not gotten to it yet? Now's the time because you can get it free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash deadcast. So, Karen, you listened to that. I listened to it a while back. What, what You liked it. I loved it, <laughs> yeah. I listened to the abridged version, which is six hours. The unabridged is 14 hours. And they're coming out with a special movie tie-in version, which is about 11 hours. And that's, that. that's coming out May 14th because the movie's coming out soon. And um, this was written by uh, Max Brooks, who actually uh, reads it. He's the the interviewer, and uh, the, but it has all kinds of really amazing actors like yeah, Alan doing Alda, all the voices. John yeah. Turturro, oh, Mark Hamill, isn't it? Rob Reiner, mm -hmm. and it's great. It's so good. It's basically um, post apocalypse, post zombie apocalypse, first hand uh, experience of the zombie war, and it really it's. It's an oral history of what happened during the zombie war. The zombie war. And there's sound effects and things too. Yeah, right? it's mm -hmm. great. Very well done. And it lends itself really well to audiobooks, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and it's a nice theme, overarching theme of humans all working together. Uh, it's kind of neat because it it's Max Brooks did a lot of research and he really based it on um, on a lot of real uh, politics, military tactics, technology all kinds of culture and on and on. So it's really fun to sort of get his take on what would happen, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, however many years after the zombie apocalypse. It's really fun. And it's like you can have your zombie stories like Night of the Living Dead where you're in a house among a small group of people. Mm -hmm. This is like the opposite of that. Epic yes. worldwide goes around to different places in the world and see how the zombie apocalypse affects them. And people talk about their experience and what happened mm -hmm. to them. And, oh, it's so cool. Survivors. <laughs> and I recommend the, the unabridged version um, because you'll get more detail and you'll get more uh, engrossed into the characters. It's uh, 175 hours. Well, <laughs> It's 14 hours, people. <laughs> and uh, you don't have to get that one, though, if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash deadcast you can get the free audiobook of your choice and there's over a hundred thousand titles to choose from and we'll tell you some more next time <laughs> we'll cover twenty thousand more right um okay but now let's take a break there's more to come stay with us hold on live inside me leave me on my way hold on live inside me leave me on my way leave me Okay, we're back, and it's time for listener moans, groans, and grunts. Uh, Some of these are edited for time. You may notice it says top five, and there's only like two. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, you go first. Okay, this first one comes from Nancy from Pennsylvania, who writes, Where I listen, it's not as exciting as the others you read on tonight's podcast. 
I usually listen at home the time that I heard the live podcast finishing up dinner and watching the hockey game. Sound turned down. The game is still on. My team is losing. As I'm writing this, the other team scored again. Now my team is losing by one more goal. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I just like reading the play-by-play right in the moment. Oh, crap. Send. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Nancy. from Pe- Oh, you must. I wonder if you're a Philly fan or a Penguins fan. I hope you're a Penguins fan. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Philly. but We're going to get another email from her. <laughs> this Good. is from Daniel. Congratulations on landing these top flight interviews. Fascinating stuff. I've never acted, but it strikes me as odd how much the actors identify with characters. Lori Holden is really wrapped up in Andrea and sounds like she's deluded herself somewhat. How can she claim that she doesn't know what the governor did to Maggie? A laundry list of his indiscretions weren't talking points during her brief reunion. Never mentioned during the night of his life pep talk. At the very least, she should be pissed that he lied to her about Rick shooting first. I'm not saying she should have killed him, but jumping back in the sack didn't seem like it would be on the menu. Have to agree, the hate mail is disappointing to hear. <laughs> so Lori Holden said that the go- she didn't know that the governor what the governor did to Maggie. We didn't see it on screen. Right. So um, the only thing we know for sure is that we didn't see it on screen, and Lori Holden is playing Andrea as if she didn't know. So I would say we don't know. She doesn't know. Right. About that. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, he, he, she is pissed that he lied to her about Rick shooting first. That's what Lori Holden told us. She's pissed at him for everything. So, and she only slept with him in order to kill him. And then she changed her mind. Oh, yeah. Or maybe not changed her mind, but maybe just is thinking about a different strategy. We don't know that she completely changed her mind. Well, she decided not to kill him that night. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> That's what she was going to do. Exactly. So I, I think you're being too hard on on Andrea, Daniel, and Lori Holden. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, she's going to come through. I have faith. I really do believe in, in, uh, in Andrea, and I think she's going to come through. This guy, Daniel, he writes, um, he ri- he writes in... Uh, and has dissenting viewpoints a lot. I hear him on other podcasts too. Oh, really? Yeah. And I like reading his emails because yeah. it gives me something to disagree with. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Interesting thing to talk about. I like it. So keep writing in, man. Um, and this next turn. one comes from Samantha who writes, oh my God, that episode was awesome. My favorite of the season. I love so many things about it. Uh, one, Michonne. I'm so glad to see her becoming an actual character. I was so sick of her just being a freaky silent person who just like hangs around. Mm-hmm. We got to see some of her personality today and it was really great. But it also still worked. It wasn't forced. It wasn't like this is the episode where Michonne bonds with everyone, even though it was kind of exactly that. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not sure I do, but whatever it was, it was awesome. The Matt said, welcome. (laughs) And also the fact that it wasn't wrapped up in a neat little bow with Morgan snapping out of it, joining Rick and the gang and becoming an integral part of the team. I like that it was left uncomfortable between them. Yeah, I like that too a lot. And I do know what you mean. It just seemed very natural. Uh, Michonne hasn't really had a chance to kind of relax a little bit so this seems like what she would be like if she was on a nice little road trip Mm -hmm, exactly (laughs) she'd fetch uh, cool little colorful cat statues yeah i like that and uh, (laughs) and be all stealth and and superhero and this is exactly what i've been saying by the way that michonne i knew she would you know you'd see more of her Mm -hmm. and this happened and now people like okay yeah. I mean, it still wasn't that much, you know, but she bonded with Carl. She didn't actually bond with everybody, yeah. but just was well, she really bonded with Carl. Yeah. And Rick towards the end talking about how they yeah. both have hallucinatory significant <laughs> others. 
<laughs> this is from Aaron. Holy shit, what an episode. Lenny James was amazing. So without further ado, my top five. Number five, the sign and the walker with Aaron ID bracelet in the teaser because her name's Aaron. Not going to lie, I was excited about that. My name hasn't been used in a TV series since the goddamn Waltons where my mom got it from. Sigh. <laughs> so yeah, this makes my top five. Number four, Booby Trapville. We've been watching Rick figuratively visit Crazy Town lately. Morgan literally lives there. And that's all we're going to read of that one. But thanks for writing in, Aaron. Did you like the knives under the welcome mat? Yeah, that was, was a mixed cool. mix message. Because when she says it said welcome, then you might like, so I don't think he was serious about that. <laughs> there were knives <laughs> yeah. under the mat. This next one comes from Rhett, who writes, The conversation with Morgan really gives Rick insight into what he will become if he continues on the path of trusting nobody and sending people in need away. He learns that you cannot survive in this world alone in Dickens-like ghost of Christmas yet to come moment. A great si- sign since our future showrunner wrote this episode. Yep. Agree with you, <laughs> Rick says, Clear could have been very easily named humanity as it showed us something that The Walking Dead has been short of recently and it showed it from every possible angle. Take, for example, the hitchhiker in the beginning of the episode. They blow right past him and the only one who gives him a second look is Carl. There's a complete lack of humanity there from Rick and Michonne. Strangely enough, though, the rest of the episode is centered around those three characters all regaining some piece of that humanity that has been either buried or hasn't existed in the show until now. Yeah, which does make you wonder if they would have picked the guy up. If if not, then it's sort of like maybe they didn't regain any humanity. <laughs> I'd like to think they would have picked the guy up. Yeah, me too. Or at least talked to him and said, you know what, there's town back there. Or just said, good luck. <laughs> yeah, there's a pack? guy back there who needs some company. <laughs> Watch out for the You're axe. welcome, Matt. <laughs> uh, this next one comes from Arnaldo, who says, I've gotten, I have gotten misty-eyed several times since I started uh, to watch Walking Dead. But when it all started with Morgan and his attempt to kill his walker wife, I am married and cried when I thought of what it would be like to put uh, her down if I had to. I finally get him back. Uh, finally, to finally get him back was great, but I see him uh, a broken man. How, how devastating. My wife stated that he was going through his own version of Dante's Inferno with him repeating the same actions over and over again, killing walkers and then burning them. The last episode was lacking a bit, but this episode is uh, the reason to watch. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Your wife is very poetic. Yeah, yeah. It is kind of like... He's clearing and it, he's never going to be finished. It is kind of like Sisyphus, except he was offered yeah. an out. You know, you don't have to keep doing this. This right. doesn't have to or be the way. come to the prison. We could use some clearing over there. Yeah, exactly. We have a whole big <laughs> the yard. just let a bunch of zombies in. Just saying. Uh, Kenneth says, I love tonight's episode of The Walking Dead, but it had some serious continuity errors in it. When the group went to the police station, I wasn't surprised when they came up empty since Rick had already cleaned the place out in episode one. I went back and rewatched and confirmed that Rick and Morgan collected every long gun in the place and what looked like the bulk of the ammunition. Rick should have known there wasn't much left. Plot hole. Maybe he forgot. Did he do that really? I don't know. I don't believe you, Kenneth. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth, I believe you, but uh, I'm surprised you took every single every single thing since it, ultimately he was even on like horseback or something, but maybe he just he left He did have that of, big bag of guns. <clears throat> yeah, the sheriff's bag of guns, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe there was more somehow the next one Raylan is about uh, you guys remember Raylan she wrote about her dog that died of cancer and um, people can donate for the um, fight to stop canine cancer and she writes we're up to a thousand dollars for Sophie's fight someone donated and mentioned the podcast 
Uh, so that was really exciting. Thanks again for all your help and mailing the I'm mailing the cookies today. I wrap yeah. them like crazy, so I'm hoping that they're still nice and fresh when they make it to California. Jason, I sent them to you, so make sure you share. I'll share with There's Nico. a cookie with my name <laughs> on share. it. Yay. Yay. I, my training has been put on hold because I'm battling an IT band injury. I fought through two and a half miles yesterday and was barely able to do that. Oh, Karen, have you ever had this problem? No, I, I actually haven't, uh, uh, Raylan, but I'm so sorry you have. That, that bites, man. So I hope you get uh, better fast because you get a race coming up. And don't worry about it too much. Uh, actually, not running and healing is a wonderful thing to do. And you can always swim. And if you guys want to um, donate to that cause, I will put the link up in the show notes so you can go find it. That'd be great. You go, runner girl. It's from Peter. It'd be great. It was great to see Michonne and Rick starting to develop to develop and move towards the relationship they have in the comic. Her character didn't evolve overnight in the comic, and I'm glad it took a while on the show. One thought on the place to hold the series finale party, the Grand Canyon, <laughs> which would be, I don't know how that would work, but. It'd be pretty awesome. They projected <laughs> on the side of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I told him that's thinking out of the box. That is thinking out of the box. Thanks, Grand Peter. Grand awesome. <laughs> so here's our quick reactions from you guys. Allison writes, I'm really starting to like Michonne. So quirky and quippy. Finally developing her. Jennifer says, nobody died this episode. A little disappointing. <laughs> Raylan writes, who is Zach? There were numerous shots of writings on the wall saying Zach turned. Did I miss something? Zach Zach the Lego Maniac. Did you see that? I (laughs) didn't notice it. I didn't, but I don't know who Zach is, really. Somebody important to somebody. Mm -hmm. Kim said, if you you watched The Talking Dead, they showed a bit more detail of the town Morgan camped out in, his complex color-coded system for escaping zombies. But nothing compares to his Rube Goldberg-esque machine for trapping zombies to keep things clear. Brilliance! Like Mousetrap, the game Mousetrap. Mm -hmm. So great. Drea writes, I like the spiky zombie maze. Morgan may have gone to the dark side, but he is one ingenious little fucker. <laughs> Too bad he is trapped in a pit of despair and torment. The group could really use him uh, at the prison against the governor. Yeah, <clears throat> totally. And with uh, despair and torment, with he would have fit right in. Upcoming war. Maybe they'll take some of his ideas and use them, though. They should. Yeah, exactly. You have to be clever. If you can't if you can't outman or outgun the governor, you have to outthink him. Yeah. And they can do that. And real artists steal from other artists. Dave <laughs> says, good thing Rick met Morgan when he left the hospital and not Rick now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Doug writes, uh, built some storylines, spent way too much time on Morgan, kind of a filler episode. 16 hours ago via, oh, sorry. <laughs> via mobile, like to. <laughs> filler, uh, yeah. So there were other people who said filler. The tip, so that's, you're always going to get some people who say mm-hmm. it's filler if it doesn't advance the plot. You have your right to your opinion, Doug. I wish I had a button that says like a gong or something. Gong show. Or a beat. <laughs> Barrains. <laughs> uh, Nick, Nick, just kidding. Doug. Nick says the backpack character is the greatest Walking Dead character so far. Dude got ditched twice and they stole his backpack at the end. LOL. <laughs> that was kind of sad. He's like, wait. He like, wasn't, Let's go. He wasn't even a zombie at the end. They just basically consumed him. They said, uh, they just thought, this guy's goofy. Let's get out of here. Yeah, he was a roadkill at the end. Pierre writes, we got to see Michonne with that sexy walk. I agree. She's sexy. And she had a cute shirt on. (laughs) I liked her shirt. It's post-apocalyptic chic. Yeah. 
Larry said, loved it. One thing, though, with all the looting opportunities everywhere, why drive all the way back to Kentucky? As I explained, they, they live, I think more, uh, Rick is from Georgia in the series, but still a valid point, I'd say. Uh, Mr. Blog writes, I'd have to give it a 4.924165, brother. Uh, great to see Morgan. Even better to see Michonne's character development flourish. Possibly my favorite episode since the pilot. I agree with you, Mr. Blog. Ryan says, amazing, my favorite so far. Allison writes, I'm curious to see what the repercussions will be of the hitchhiker and taking his backpack. I don't think they would show the hitchhiker in the beginning and the end without having it play into something later on. Eh, they could. They'll, uh, they'll, they'll, they're going to show somebody yeah. pull something out of the backpack. and it's Maybe, gonna... yeah. Or sitting in the corner my next to the bag of guns. My money's on porn. <laughs> with all the porn. If you see Merle with that backpack, you know it was in there. <laughs> he's wear- If he's wearing it. <laughs> Ashley says, I love the tweet they read on the Talking Dead about finding a picture of Shane so Judith can see what her real father looked like. Oh. <laughs> Brittany writes, if ever an episode was going to get a five brains, uh, but what really made it for me was Michonne being a super ninja and getting up on the roofs and in and out of the buildings in less than 10 seconds. Yeah, yeah I'm, with you. Awesome. I'm with you, Brittany. We got more uh, uh, feedback on Facebook on this episode than ever. There were like 100. And... Um, I would love to read them all, but the podcast would just go on too long. So I had to kind of pick and choose and sometimes I just pick randomly. So sorry if you just didn't get read, but thanks for all the feedback. It's awesome. And you can go on Facebook and hear, uh, and here you can go on Facebook and read, uh, all the other comments cause and they are else, pretty great. Someone else can hear you reading it. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's play a few calls okay. here. This one. Oh wait, I put the calls on a separate thing here. Where is it? This one is from Jeff. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime girl. Uh, it's that little moment of clarity. That tiny little <laughs> like, window. See, they have a little bit of their humanity left. <laughs> Not at all. I want to see that. The show tunes part of their humanity. <laughs> Was that? Did you ever see Young Frankenstein? Yes, that's an awesome movie. And they had um, Frankenstein and Frankenstein and, and the monster doing um, putting on the Ritz. <laughs> And he's all, if you dressed up like Gary Cooper, da, 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 da. and then the and the monster goes, <laughs> they're in top hats and everything. Monsters are not good at show tunes. They're just not. I love that. I just heard uh, uh, Mel Brooks, who's Max Brooks' dad, was on um, the WTF podcast with Mark Marin, and oh. he was talking about that. And he said he argued against having that scene in there with Gene Wilder, but Gene Wilder was very adamant about it. And he's like, Gene Wilder was totally right. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to listen to that. Yeah. I love Mel Brooks. I, yeah. I, Mark, Mark Marin, he's great. He's a great interviewer. Half of the guys I don't really care about. They're like obscure comedians, but occasionally he'll have someone on there that you totally want to hear. And he gets into their parent issues and stuff. Oh, I mean, wow. I can only aspire to get to the level of depth. <laughs> wow he's good have you ever listened to that it's pretty good no i haven't mm. okay uh let's play this is the crazy call i warned you about earlier okay. that we may end let's up cutting it, out of the episode okay hi my name is that's not important right now um i just wanted to give some of my feedback about your show in general not necessarily on one episode um yeah 
I like it. It's good. I like how you rate things. And I like how you add a lot of decimal numbers after the decimal point of a rating. I like that part. It's, it's awesome. So so it's good. You know, I also notice you guys rate everything above a four. So how about you, you get, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know about how I feel about that. I don't feel like that's that realistic. But, uh, well, all right, if you like, I mean, you like the show. You like, all right, that's fine. You know what? <laughs> that was a zombie bulldog. Uh, we don't rate them all about four. This season, we've rated all but one about four, I think. But there was that one that wasn't so great that we both gave. And so far, I rate this call a two point four five. I'm giving it a four point three so look far. Look at you. But we'll see. Okay. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Scott Gimple, by the way. Anyway, I have a question. Um, um, I like zombies, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but also, my question is, Karen. Yes? Are you attractive? <laughs> that, I want to know, because you sound like you are, but does it matter? I'm married. It, it doesn't matter, but I want to know, just because I, I want to. And you know what? When I listen to podcasts, I think about what the people look like. And, like, I, like, know you're blonde. And now I, oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean that in a way, like, oh, the stereotype, you're dumb. I just know that you're blind by your voice. Huh. No, 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 no. I'm not, no. That sounds bad now that I think about it. That's not what I meant. I'm just saying, I can envision someone's looks by their voice. Usually I'm wrong. And I don't know if I'm right or not. So I just told you lots of stuff, and the little of it was related to zombies, the show, or anything. <laughs> and, um, that's it. Do you hear my zombie noise? Sure. Too good! <laughs> oh wow now that gets, that, your, I think yeah now yes, it gets a okay, five good. see I didn't rate it in the fours that yeah. got a five wow <laughs> I love that call actually I, I kind of did too <laughs> so so far I talked about well, well, how uh, you nothing related to zombies nothing related that's to zombies that's his quiet voice <laughs> <laughs> wow thanks for calling in Scott Gimple Thanks, Scott Gimple. <laughs> we appreciate that. And there's a picture of me um, on the website with a little tiny one, a tiny little one getting attacked by, a, by shark. a shark. There. And you're blonde in it, so he, maybe you saw that. Yes, my voice is blonde. I have a blonde voice, whatever that means. <laughs> this next call is from Brittany. Hey, Jason and Karen, it's Brittany in Oklahoma. Um, I just wanted to give you guys a quick top five. I haven't called in a lot. What do you give this one so far? So far, she gets a 5.5. I say three so far. She's off the scale. But there's lots of room for improvement. (laughs) Well, so here you go. Um, My number five is Rick, Carla, Michelle, and passing up the hitchhiker. You never know about people in the zombie apocalypse. And I think this was a great way to think about how far Rick's come from a season one Rick that would have more than likely stopped. And now knowing what he does know about how the world is and what people are capable of. My number four has to be a little bit more abstract. 
and that I'm glad it had nothing to do with Andrea or Woodbury or anything with the governor. I think we needed the break, and going into the next episode, I think it'll be will be refreshed. It'll have been a nice break to get away from the prison and all that. Yeah. This is like a sort of My number episode. three is Michonne recognizing that while Carl thinks he's old enough and ready for this, I mean, who wouldn't think they're old enough and ready for this when they shot their own mother, he needs to be called on his bullshit, as Michonne put it. He needs help. He would have died at least three different ways trying to get that picture. Yeah, True. So she good. helps, even though she really has no reason to, because it's not like casting her out will hurt her, because she can obviously survive on her own. So she really helped just to help and to prove that she wanted to be in that group. And I think that shows that she's come a long way from the Michonne that ran into Andrea in the woods. Uh, which brings me to my second uh, top five, which is Rick and Michonne's moment that was mostly straight from the comic. Because their friendship is something I really, really enjoyed in the books. So I think this was the turning point a lot of fans were waiting and hoping for. Um, and from Jared, it really only gets better. And my number one has to be Morgan. I have honestly never heard a sadder story come out of a character's mouth than what happened to Dwayne. But Morgan's booby traps were great. And I especially love that the axe in the doorway had I Told You So written in blood on it. So that's my top five, and now just because I can, here's my zombie noise. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys, have a good week. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that's my favorite thing when people make a zombie noise, and then they're like, "Okay, bye, okay, bye." Nice to see you. <laughs> Thanks, Brittany. Thanks, Brittany. That was awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some good points in there too that we didn't really touch on. Yeah. This is from Jen in San Diego. This is the one that we met at the Tilted Kilt. Oh, I liked her a lot. Here she is. Oh, by the way, I up it. I up my score to a 4.3 on your call, Brittany. We love you, Brittany. See if you can get 4.4 next time. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Jason and Karen. This is Jen from San Diego, a.k.a. Violet and Veruca. Um, well, I have to say I really loved this episode, Clear. I could find very little wrong with it. And because of that, I am not going to nitpick it and read into too much, but uh, I just want to continue to bask in its afterglow because I just really loved it. So what I do want to share are just some of my favorite things that happened. Um, the first one is that I enjoyed how the entire episode was focused on just Rick, Carl, and Michonne's excursion into Grimesville, which is what I kind of refer to their town because I'm not sure at this point what the town was called. Um, as simplistic as it seemed, I still found myself on the edge of my seat and felt that there was a lot of meat on the bones, no pun intended, to this particular episode. We um, got to see a lighter side of Michonne, like almost a motherly, sister-like figure towards Carl. And lo and behold, we witnessed some ninja-like skills from her she, that she possesses, like disappearing and reappearing on rooftops, <laughs> or like when she went back into the cafe and reappeared as fast as she left with the Grimes Olin Mills photo. Um, I actually laughed out loud when she started grubbing on Morgan's Chex Mix or whatever it was she was eating. When, like, when Rick- I like how she fills in those details. Yeah, it's a Chex Mix. It's a Chex Mix. Olin, Olin, Olin Mills. Mills. Gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes it seem a little less. Uh, I don't know, special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can picture Lori going, will you smile, Carl? On, Stop everybody. fidgeting around. 
<laughs> and, and Rick has a special sweater on. Yeah, and, and the photographer's got like Cookie Monster. Right. Mm. And you know that that's going to be on their Christmas card. <laughs> right. Questioned her. She clipped back that Matt said, welcome. Duh. That was so funny. I hope we see more dry, sarcastic humor from her like we kind of get from our beloved Daryl and Glenn. Um, that scene gave me the munchies, too. Still hungry. I'm still hungry. Anyway, I also loved the opening closing scenes that involved the backpacker. It reminded me of the episode 18 Miles Out that had the field walker at the beginning and end, and they were both during driving scenes, um, except the backpacker didn't have such a great ending, obviously. Clingy pots and pans dangling from a bright orange backpack and screaming at the top of your lungs isn't too smart. True. Um, I even thought to myself, note, maybe orange backpacker as a possible Halloween costume idea? I don't know. That'd be pretty funny. If I had to pick one sweet spot of last night's episode, it would have to be the coincidental similarities between Rick and Carl coming upon Morgan compared to the first episode um, when Morgan and Dwayne came upon Rick. Dwayne knocked out Rick with a shovel and he passed out. Carl shot Morgan and he passed out. Rick woke up to Dwayne holding a bat to him and Morgan woke up to Carl pointing a gun (laughs) at him. Good. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. On a side note to this, I also realized that Morgan's wife took Dwayne's life, and that's how Morgan eventually lost them both, while Lori lost her life while giving life or birth to Judith. It's really sad. Lastly, did anyone notice the extra crossbows that Michonne picked up? Yes. Gifts for Daryl, maybe? Yeah. That would be fantastic that. if we mm-hmm. got to see more walkers taken out by other people handling crossbows, too. Anyway, those are my, some of my favorite parts from Clear. Good call. I think Thanks. she got cut off there, but <clears throat> yeah, wow, that was great. that's insights. There. Yeah, that's really good. I did not notice that. Okay, get me a crossbow. I like that. Yeah, I, I didn't ever think about that. How they must have. I love when they go back and tie into those earlier episodes. And I think they're most of the writers are different now. I think maybe Kirkman's the only one that's the same on the show since yeah. it started. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. But it's good that they go back and try to pick up on those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, one last email. So, this, I mean, call. This is actually not a call. It's an interview that I did with my friend Jamie's daughter, Aww. Jenna, who's seven years old when oh. I was up in Seattle. This was a few weeks ago. So, so here we go. So, how old are you? I'm seven. You're seven. And you just started watching it? Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, is it scary to you? No. After I started watching it for like a month, it started getting more... Like not scary. So I was going to ask you. Oh, what do you, do you? So you like zombies, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been liking them? You're seven. Um, your whole life. Probably till I was like started watching it. This show. Yeah. This is your first like time you've actually seen zombies. So what if you were? You know, what if like all of a sudden you woke up and your dad said. There's zombies everywhere. Then what would you do? I would be like, um, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that I would do. Would like, you? Like if my dad had a gun, I would be like, get the gun and uh-huh. shoot him. Wow. And blow him all away. <laughs> I know. And then you guys could like drive around together and find a safe place. Mm-hmm. If, if uh, John was there, would you let... Him. That was her dad shooting in the background. <laughs> uh, just stay with you. Yeah. Yeah. I said, would you let pretty much anybody? 
Not zombies. <laughs> not zombies. Everybody else besides the zombies. No, not zombies. Yeah, you're supposed to stay together in groups, huh? Yeah. Have you been working on your zombie sound at all? Yes, I'm way better at it. Oh, can I hear it? <laughs> I think that's pretty good. That's good. <laughs> what's the worst? What's the worst mistake to make around a zombie? Mm, the worst mistakes are are to put. It's to put. Like stay on them and and not hold them down. Like be <laughs> like sit on like sit on their legs and have them like. So their f- arms are free. Yeah. And then what would happen? They would just come and <laughs> bite you. <laughs> Eat you all up. Yeah. All right. Cool. Do you want to say anything to the listeners? Make sure you don't get bit. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Aww. Cute little zombie killer. He's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for doing that, Jen. That was fun. Yeah. Wow. That was something I was going to say about that. I forgot what it she's was. She's a badass? Little badass? Yeah. I mean, she's she doesn't seem scared. We're going to call her a little badass. I almost spoiled for her about Sophia. She hadn't seen that part yet. And her dad's like, don't say anything about that. She could be a girlfriend for Carl. <laughs> In the zombie Young apocalypse. Woman. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move along to Comic Talk. This week, Jaden's going to be doing comic the Comic Talk section solo. But before I turn it over to Jaden, I just want to remind you guys that if you haven't read the comic, then you could be spoiled in this section because he's going to be talking about how the comic and the show are similar and different. And sometimes stuff that happens in the comic comes up later on the show. So uh, if you don't care about that or if you've read the comic, then have fun. And here's Jaden. Hey everybody, Jaden here for another week of Comic Talk. Wow, this was a damn fine episode this week. We had a lot of moments from the comic that were just out of sync with the timeline a little bit. First, the big one, Morgan's back. We see Morgan again in the comic, but it's after the group leaves the prison. He's gone pretty nutty in the comic, but not to this level. As the show did with the pilot episode, Morgan's story is a lot more fleshed out and elaborated upon. It works very well in my opinion, and it was quite an enjoyable change. What we didn't see with Morgan on the show was Zombie Dwayne. In the comic, Dwayne's chained up in the house next door to Rick, which was burned down on the TV show. Morgan can't bring himself to shoot Dwayne, so he frees him just before he leaves with Rick and Abraham. In all honesty, the comic didn't do much with Morgan, to the point that even I can't remember how or if he died. The show's version of him is a welcome change. Another flash from the books is Michonne bonding with Coral. This happened in the comic in a different fashion, and it's nice to see them feeling like they can relate on things now. It's also nice to see the two strongest characters in the show running an errand together. Now we just need Daryl in there to have an unstoppable zombie killing crew. The last bit of note was as the group was packing their goodies into the car, Rick and Michonne talking about their issues. In the comic, Instead of hallucinating, Rick was just talking on the phone with Lori, but Michonne mentioned exactly that she talked to her dead boyfriend sometimes. The only difference was that we actually saw her doing that a few times in the comic. Again, a nice touch and a good sign that Rick's going to accept her into the group now. Another week, another great episode. Talk to you guys next week. Don't get bit. All right, thank you, Jaden. Now we're back, and it's time for next week on The Walking Dead. Next week on The Walking Dead, the episode is called Arrow on the Door. And the official description is, in an effort to prevent any more deaths, Rick and the governor meet 
to come up with a peace treaty. I wonder how well that's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched uh, a it's little... It's going to be fine. Yeah, you know what? I bet they can they can craft something that both sides are really happy with. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the end, it's going to be one giant group hug. And the rest of the season will just be them moving into Woodbury and coming up with innovative ideas for the town. Oh, and it's all going to be about like water efficiency. And tech writing. And tech writing. (laughs) (laughs) It's written by Ryan C. Coleman, uh, who is an assistant to Glenn Mazzara. I don't see any previous writing. No, I haven't heard of him. Yeah. And it's directed by a guy named David Boyd, who has actually directed quite a few episodes, including Cherokee Rose, Save the Last One, Bloodletting, What Lies Ahead, TS9, lots and lots of things, including other episode, uh, other series like Sons of Anarchy and Friday Night Lights. So he's got lots and lots of uh, directing experience. There's some good episodes in there and, mm-hmm. and TS19. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up. I like <laughs> TS19. I don't care what you say, man. <laughs> So it should be um, it should be good. The episode that they they released a little. Did you see the little video for the coming attractions? Uh, nope. It was pretty interesting. It's basically Rick is standing there, and then all of a sudden, uh, from behind a pillar, is the governor, Philip. And they're face to face at the prison, or can you tell? You can't really okay. tell where they're at. There's no. They're face to face. It's no words. It's nighttime, and and for a minute they just sort of size each other up, and then Philip says, "We have a lot to talk about," mm. and that's it. And so then they kiss. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yes. But, Interesting. But first, a little kiss. That's good. Yeah, this is their first real face to face meeting. Yeah, that makes me excited to see it. It's gonna be good. I, I hope think. it's good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That I got? Yep. All right. Let's close it out. Let's do it, man. Okay. That's our show. Episode 96. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Thank you to... Sorry, I stepped on your line there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks to Jaden Walker. You can find his music by searching for The Eternal on iTunes and CD Baby. And he's also The Eternal on Twitter and app.net. I want to thank also Walking Dead News for retweeting about our uh, interviews recently. They do interviews and weekly giveaways. You can find them on the web at walkingd3ad news. It's kind of like dead, but with a three dot info. So that's walkingd3ad news dot info, and I'll put a link up uh, to their site in our show notes. Uh, let's see what else we got a. Uh, we, we, I put up on Facebook where where would people want to have the series finale the series finale by the way at the very end of the show not right. at the end of the season um, tons of answers you know I gave them Atlanta New York or LA because I figure the actors will more likely be in New York or LA but Atlanta is where the show's filmed and that might be a good draw most mm-hmm. people picked Atlanta but there was a, quite a um, range yeah but just so you guys know it's very early i was just sort of taking the temperature of it but it'll depend on um also what actors can show up and where we can get a good spot but um the goal is to have hundreds of people with uh, actors and have a big giant screen that we can all watch it together on and then you know schmooze and everything which would be so fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, and then speaking of meetups, I just wanted to remind you that uh, in San Diego, I'll be in San Diego. I'm uh, working with the James and Eric of the Walker Stalkers to do a meetup there. And it's going to be big and it's going to be fun. And there we're going to get uh, some of the actors for that, too, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still hammering all that out. But um, plan on coming to that and uh, I'll have more details for you soon. Woo-hoo. Yay. 
Um, and they, and when I joke that they were buying all the hard alcohol, then they say that we're—I mean that they were buying all the beer. They say we're buying all the hard alcohol, <laughs> and then I said we're going to drink it all too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, I want to say one more thing. So episode 100 is coming up of our show of our podcast here, and I thought it would be cool if you guys would call in and. Um, either ask us a question or tell us what your favorite moment is from the podcast over these hundred episodes and we'll play a bunch of these on the pod on the hundredth episode special bonanza so you guys can be a big part of it <laughs> sounds like fun right bonanza what <laughs> is it gonna fall on a on a regular episode i don't know yet for sure because you know it depends on what you've been doing interviews and stuff mm-hmm. i was kind of thinking it would be fun to try and get greg nicotero he's super busy these days but yeah. because he was on number 50 so to have him be on number 100 would be cool yeah, but we'll be. see yeah i'm not sure yet either way whether it's an interview or a regular episode we'll play some of your calls back so please call in for that. Um, you can do that by calling us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at walkingdeadcast.com. You can go to our website at walkingdeadcast.com and you don't forget to click through our Amazon link whenever you need to shop there or just go to walkingdeadcast.com slash Amazon. We're also on Twitter at Jason and Karen, on Tumblr at walkingdeadcast.tumblr.com, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash deadcast. All right. That is, in fact, our show. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit. Raylan Zapula. Raylan Zapula.